Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the final buzzer sounds, we're here to wrap it up. Why not? Here's Steph Curry! It's time for Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7. The game. Warriors Wrap Up is presented by Realtor.com, the home of home search. John Dickinson is on assignment, so Whitey Gleason, Ryan Covey welcoming you to Warriors Wrap-Up. The Warriors, of course, have roots in Philadelphia. They were established originally as a franchise there. Greatest warrior of all time, Wilt Chamberlain, was from Philadelphia. And tonight, Ryan, the Warriors participated in the first game played in Kobe Bryant's hometown since he was taken from the basketball world this weekend. That was the backdrop against which the Sixers down the Warriors tonight, 115-104, a strange evening. Yeah, very. And it still just seems surreal. Uh, uh, We're right there? Uh, it, everything just seems so surreal right now. Yes. With, uh, you know, the, the basketball world and really the sporting world just being turned on its head and um, you know, it, it, when you suffer a loss like the sports world did uh, this weekend, there's that original shock and then kind of that numbness, right, where you don't believe it and you don't want to think it's real. And then after, you know, 48 hours or so, the adrenaline wears off and then you kind of settle into that reality of, no, he, he's gone. And now it's time to pay tribute, pay respects. And uh, I thought they did a nice job, uh, you know, tonight at, at the game. And then, you know, oh, yeah. all the other tributes going on around the league tonight. Yeah, I think playing the games, I know there's been a lot of debate. Should they play? Should they postpone more games like they did in Los Angeles? I think playing the games is going to help everybody in basketball lift the fog of grief that um, has hung over the NBA and will continue to linger. And, in fact, I'd like to throw that out there, 888-957-9570. If you've been watching any NBA basketball uh, today, this evening, does watching the games make you feel any less shock or grief? Does it help you deal with the shock or grief that so many in basketball are still feeling over the loss of Kobe, 888-957-9570. As for the tributes tonight in Philadelphia, they were they were beautiful, and I have really been impressed for what it's worth by how creative and heartfelt and sincere all the tributes around basketball to Kobe have been, starting with the Raptors and the Spurs and the 24-second violations, the eight-second violations, and tonight the Warriors and Sixers exchanged eight-second violation, 24-second violations to start the game. Yeah, and then Joel Embiid rocking the number 24 tonight. Uh, yeah. It, it, I think of all the stuff I, I've seen, guys changing their number uh, to get out of number eight so they can that can be Kobe's number. I love that. Spencer Dinwiddie and Terrence Ross have both done that. And usually you got to set that up with the league way in advance uh, in order to uh, you know get, get clearance. But I think the league is making some – special uh, considerations considering the, the gravity of these events. Of all the ones that we've seen so far, and we're really just getting started perhaps with some of these tributes, the one they had in Minnesota. Minnesota, of course, is where Kobe 
a couple of years ago passed Michael Jordan for third on the all-time scoring list. So uh, Minnesota last night against the Warriors, excuse me, against the Kings, as you may have seen, uh, the opening tip went to Wiggins, and he put the ball down on the foul line where the very foul line where Kobe made the free throw that passed Michael Jordan on the all-time scoring list. That was especially poignant. Yeah, absolutely. Me. And I just – guys get it around the league, Whitey. And Kobe is obviously just retired recently enough where, you know, a lot of the guys in the league played with him. But there's also a lot of guys in the league that are coming up the ranks now that grew up idolizing him. Kobe is larger than life. And obviously, not having a 20-year career, he, you know, he, he spent a lot of time in the league. And, and obviously, his resume speaks to that. But uh, I, I think it, the next generation of players that he directly affected and, you know, they idolized growing up, these guys are, are all, cl- you know, clamoring to, to pay tribute to him. Guys like Joel Embiid. Yeah, so if you care to share, 888-957-9570. would love to know if watching the games is making you feel any better, if it's helping you at all deal with uh, the grief that so many in basketball, basketball fans, basketball players, coaches, broadcasters have been feeling since uh, we lost Kobe Bryant What about you? I Sunday. mean, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I wasn't think, sure yeah. what to expect, but just watching the games. Uh, and I know this is cliche, but I think there's a lot of truth to it. Everyone assumes that this is what Kobe Bryant probably would have wanted. Yeah, well... well Hooper's hoop, man. Yeah, and Kobe was a you know a gym rat, a guy. He was a savant, uh, a student of the game, a historian. Understood, uh, you, you know the the people that came before him and what they meant. He loved basketball. What did he do in his off time? He played basketball. He lived to ball. And so I think the the way you pay tribute to somebody is by you know doing doing what they loved and and what they would have wanted other people to do. And of course, Kobe would have wanted everybody to play basketball. Absolutely, there's not a doubt in my mind. Ryan Covey. Whitey Gleason here on Warriors Wrap-Up. John Dickinson on assignment. Uh, the Warriors tonight, uh, yes, a strange night. They fall. They did a lot of things well offensively, but they fall now to 10-38. and 38. How about you, Ryan? Are you seeing any light at the end of the tunnel? I think for the Warriors right now, there is a pretty bright light at the end of the tunnel, and that's Steph Curry and his impending return. But game by game, sometimes it's increasingly difficult to find, well, what did we see tonight that could – uh, you know, transfer to next year. But how about you? You seen any light at the end of this? These any of these tunnels? Yeah, Willie Cauley Stein's not here anymore, so that's good. But you know what? <laughs> I'm going to say something unpopular. Okay. okay? Since Willie Cauley Stein was traded, uh. the Warriors' defense has been really poor again, and it hasn't been good all year. But it's been especially poor since he was traded. Now, since he was traded, they played the Pacers and they played the Sixers, so those two pretty good teams. So there are other factors at work there. But I would suggest that at least on some, and I'm not saying they shouldn't have traded him. But I think on some level, they, they may have missed Willie Collistein in the middle because right now, really, they don't have a true center. That said, Marquise Chris was very good tonight. Yeah, I, I think Marquise Chris, since uh, since coming back to the team, has been terrific. He's shooting the ball uh, great. Look at his field goal percentage the, You know, since he's returned to the lineup, since he came back to the Warriors. Uh, I think he's done a, a really nice job. And they clearly are undermanned at the uh, at the five. You know, Kevon Looney's been out for, you know, basically the entire year. And then now you move on from Willie Cauley-Stein. So it's asking a lot of Draymond Green, you know, to deal with guys like Al Horford and Joel Embiid. Uh, so that's always going to be a tall order. You know, as far as lights at the end of the tunnel, look, all I'm asking for is to remain competitive and to remain energetic and to remain enthusiastic. 
there is a, a requisite amount of talent that they're going to be lacking on a nightly basis, right? I mean, right. It's just, there's just that much of a disparity between what the Philadelphia 76ers are bringing to the table from a talent standpoint and the Golden State Warriors. Now, where you can begin to make up some of those gaps is effort, is hustle, and is you know, sticking to the game plan, right? Uh, and, and I think we saw that at stretches tonight. They hung with the Sixers for most of this game, but they went cold to, to start the fourth quarter, and, you know, Philly went on a little run. I mean, Philly's 20, they were 21-2 and two at home coming into this game. Sixers don't drop games at home. So uh, the, the fact that the Warriors showed up and played a nice game tonight and, and it was a competitive game, I know that that's not what you're looking for as a fan. You want your team to win, and I get that. And, you know, that's the, the standard here with a team that's been to five straight finals is – Winning? I think this year you that may be what you're looking for. And you said you want to see an energetic team that's competitive. They were competitive again tonight. Uh, but I think when you can't get stops when you really need them, uh, there's just it's very, very difficult to, to win virtually impossible on the road. Philadelphia shot 51.2%. And how about Raul Neto? He scored 19 tonight, 17 in the first half. That's a That, to me, is a symptom of the Warriors just defense, which at times right now has been uh, absolutely dreadful. Tough yeah. to win. You, you can't win that way. No, you're right. And, and that's the problem where you can control that. That's effort oftentimes. And I thought as the game wore on, it, the guys got a little stagnant. They weren't moving on both ends of the floor. There's a little bit of standing around it. I almost feel like as the fourth quarter wore on, really even in the early stages of the fourth quarter, they kind of said, well, we showed up tonight. We gave it a good fight. We didn't get blown out. We're good. We're, we're packing it in. And I know for for Warriors fans, that must be pretty frustrating. But, I, you know, I, I don't get too emotional about this because I also understand why. Right? I mean, you're at, yeah. that's, that's a tall ask. Yeah. A lot of times when a team's been great and then they're struggling, there's a kind of a, you know, there's a, 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 a gnashing of teeth and pulling out of the hair. And what's wrong? And this year, obviously, we know what the problems are. And we also know there's every reason to think the Warriors will be much more, uh, much better improved, uh, much improved next year. Perhaps they'll even be back uh, as a contender again. But we know that two, we presume that two Warriors who really were affected deeply by Kobe's passing Draymond Green, and also D'Angelo Russell. And how about last night when I was in with you and we had on one of the many monitors here in our 95.7 studios, we had uh, Kobe's Kobe's last game, game, and there was D'Angelo Russell as a rookie. I'd forgotten. Oh, yeah, he played with Kobe, and he had a good game tonight. 28 points for D'Angelo Russell, hit 6-12 from beyond the arc, and Draymond Green, uh, 9 points and 9 rebounds and 12 assists. Yeah, good game for both of those guys. And And that had to be tough for them tonight, as it was for so many. Of course, but it's... Look, when when tragic things happen in your life, sometimes getting back to doing like uh, applying your trade, uh, that's healthy, right? And it can be a good distraction, and it can in in this respect because these guys happen to share a floor with Kobe Bryant and, and play this game that he loves so much and they love so much. What better way? I'm sure a lot of these guys couldn't wait to get back out there and play basketball. And, and it's kind of one of those things, Whitey, where maybe you didn't realize how much you needed to go get a run in and play for 48 yeah. until you actually did it, right? Because, yeah. you know, before the game still, you're hurting, right? I mean, you're, you're grieving, period. But getting out there and, and playing a basketball game for a couple hours, just like sometimes when I got stuff going on outside of here, you know, I've had bad things happen in my life. You come in here, you do a show for a couple hours, you can kind of check out of that other stuff for a while. And it's actually a, a nice release. You may remember Brett Favre years ago against the Raiders oh, on yeah. Monday night when his father passed away and he had a fabulous game. Years ago in Sacramento, Vlade Divac's his family was, for all he knew, being bombed in Serbia, and he still had to play very important late-season games, and he played very well, and then he would call 
uh, and make sure everyone was okay. So I think you make a, a a great point there. Where are you right now, Ryan, with D'Angelo Russell and his potential future as a Golden State Warrior? Well, it's tough because you can see the talent, right? You can see the the ability when he gets going. He's so combustible, and you know he can break guys down off the dribble. Uh, leaves me wanting a little at the defensive end, and. So when I picture D'Angelo's long-term prospects with the Golden State Warriors, I, I'm not sure how he fits uh, with the style of basketball they want to play when they're at full strength. That's a real ball movement, you know, getting a lot of guys involved, a lot of movement off the ball, and then, of course, uh, an attention to detail on defense. Neither one of those are things that D'Angelo Russell is banging down your door with. Now, we know how D'Angelo got here. It was acquire a commodity, right? I mean, he's he's an entity. He's a valuable entity. He's an asset. An asset, absolutely. And that they were able to acquire that in a situation where they stood to get nothing in return and losing Kevin Durant. So completely understand why Bob Myers and company did it. But at some point, you know, probably a decision's going to have to be made. Uh, that'll obviously be made by more astute basketball minds than mine. There are no more astute Thank basketball you. minds than yours. I appreciate are there? that. Uh, well, there may be a few. I'll defer to Bob Myers on this one. That's All it, right. though. That's it. Uh, but I, I, D'Angelo's a nice player, and I think, you know, the effort's been there. I've liked, you know, he hasn't been, uh, you know, a negative for the team. You know, oftentimes, why do you, when teams are losing, it, you can tell the body language is bad, and, you know, there's not a lot of harmony and, and camaraderie. I, I, honestly, I don't, I don't think this team's by by any stretch mailing it in. Um, it's almost reminiscent of, like, the, the Niners the first year under Kyle Shanahan, where it was like you just knew they weren't good enough to – win these games, but right. just show up, be competitive, represent yourself, represent the team, and I think that's really all you can ask. I, I like Russell as a player. He's fun to watch. I just I don't know how much he fits in an optimal Steve Kerr lineup. Uh, D'Lo tonight, as I mentioned, as you may know, 28 points for him tonight, five rebounds and seven assists. I think you make another great point. D'Angelo Russell is one of the players on this team, especially right now, is most fun to watch, most entertaining yeah. to watch. I have a hard time imagining that he and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson can coexist together next year. I know the Warriors are anxious to see uh, D'Lo and Steph play together a little more just so that before they have to make that decision. I think there's a very good chance they've already pretty much decided that it's not going to work, primarily because D'Angelo Russell just is not uh, an even halfway decent defender. And for all the spectacular scoring and shooting the Warriors have done over the years, the backbone of their success really was defense. And it's tough to see a guy like that getting much uh, court time when he doesn't defend. Oh, maybe he can come off the bench. Well, he makes too much money to bring off the bench. See, see there you go. I mean, that that's my and He probably point. wouldn't want to do that either. For sure. And, and he shouldn't have to do that. I, you can't have a max player in a salary cap-driven league when you're the Golden State Warriors who are already pressed up against the salary cap as tightly as you can be to the point where, you know, they're having to offload guys mid-season just to get the, you know, the minimum number of guys and, and to make sure that they can field, a, you know, a, a reasonably competitive team. Uh, they don't have that luxury. And, you know, I, I got the salaries for 2020, 2021 up in front of me next year. Curry at 32 is on the books, 43 million uh, against the cap. Clay, 35 million against the cap, 30 years old, coming off of an ACL. And then you got D'Angelo Russell, 24 years old, going to be making 28 million uh, next year. That's a massive number against the salary cap. That's a huge chunk. That's, let's see, 29. Steph's 30%, so 40, 55%. That's 75% of their allotted salary cap 
to three backcourt players. I just I, I can't see that working out. So you want to package him up along with maybe that first pick, and who knows how high that pick's going to be, and then you're hoping that things don't go well postseason-wise for Philly, and they want to park company with uh, with Simmons perhaps, or Giannis becomes available. How does Simmons help you, though? He's pretty good. No, I understand. No, no, I, I get that. I'm saying he defends. I mean, he's you got, a distributor. You already have guards. Like, you're, you're, well, he's kind of a. That's a good point. But he's kind of a hybrid. He can be. He can be kind of a hybrid three. You know, big guard, small forward for you. Yeah, and shoot that well. But that's okay. Yeah, that's Clay, why. That's what I'm Clay saying. Clay takes care of the shooting. Right. Yeah. It, I. I just. You're Great right. Facilitator. I'd rather if they're going to go that route and package that pick in in D'Angelo. Go get Carl Anthony Towns. Go get go get a true dominant post player. Go it get a big. It doesn't look like he's available. That's a great idea. And who knows? You know, part of the trade season is teams saying this when they don't really mean that. But uh, the Timberwolves have said he's as untradeable as anyone is. Right. And and of course teams will say that to make sure that when you come knocking, make sure you got that asking price in order. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, if, think about Anthony Davis or you know other guys that when they've requested a trade, then they got the team over a barrel. And when you know you got to trade somebody, obviously you're not going to get a, a legitimate return. Right. The difference there between Davis and Carl Anthony Towns is Davis was, hey, I'm not going to sign Mike's. Supermax, you might as well trade me. Carl Anthony Towns has already signed. They got him for the next, what, two, three, four, five years. Uh, And presumably they want to pair him with D'Angelo Russell. So that would be wonderful for the Warriors. How about the uh, Sixers now? Do you think that Embiid, who's back tonight, played well, can it work for the Sixers with Embiid and Ben Simmons? I think they need another shooter. Maybe they can acquire one at the deadline. But I think for them to really be able to – thrive together they need another shooter yeah i think they're not bad but we're, if they're gonna win a championship they need another element yeah losing jj reddick hurt oh yeah. I, yeah i get it it's a, a salary cap league so you can only hold on to so many players but yeah lacking that shooting certain i know al horford hasn't been as good as maybe they'd hoped and it's just taken a little while to mesh and you know honestly i think that there was a a little bit of i guess immaturity on that team uh and it, they haven't quite Got that we mentality. It's more been a me mentality, and you know Brett Brown gets a lot of uh, a, a lot of props, and, and rightfully so. But uh, I don't. It, it's not until lately I feel like that team's totally gelled. I, they got to see what, if they can get it done this year. I mean, and I think they will at the deadline. Go out and try and acquire some shooting, hit that bargain bin. You know, go get an Alec Burks type player, somebody like that, uh, and, and just try and add to the team this year. Because you have to think. I mean, hell, the the Eastern Conference is reasonably vulnerable. I mean, I know the Milwaukee Bucks have been pretty good. Actually, they've been really good, but you got what have they ever won? So you have to think if you're the Sixers, you know, between the Celtics and some of their shortcomings oh, down open. the years. Yeah. There's like five or six teams this year that feel like this should be our year. Of course. And, and rightfully they're so. not all going to win. It's possible none of them are going to win. And the teams that don't win, perhaps all six are going to be looking around going, now what are we going to do? And the Warriors are ready to pounce. No doubt. And think about it. LeBron ruled the Eastern Conference for years. Like right? a winged lizard. Absolutely. Yes. And, like, and now, you know, he was top of that food chain for, what, a, you know, over a decade, 15 years. He moves back to the uh, – he goes to the Western Conference. You got one year of Kawhi Leonard dominating with the Raptors. Now Kawhi's in the Western Conference. If you play in the East, the time is like past now. Like get it done. You're not going to get a more a better opportunity where the East is susceptible. Like that throne's up for grabs right now. Warriors fall tonight to the Sixers in Philly, 115-104. to You got Warriors wrap-up, Whitey Gleason, and Ryan Covey. We're going to go down to Coach Steve Kerr's postgame comments. The uh, pregame commemoration was amazing. I thought the Sixers did a fantastic job of um, 
you know, capturing what is such a difficult moment. Uh, you know, you want to honor um, Kobe and his daughter and, and all of the victims um, and their families. Um, and you want to do it in a respectful way, in a professional way, um, but you still have a basketball game to play. And it's, so it's a it's a very tricky thing to put together. I thought the Sixers handled it beautifully. It was, it was really well done. Um, and then when the game started, it was surreal. It was, you know, there was, uh, as you said, no hype video, no starting lineups. Um, both teams take the, the violation to start the game. It's, it's quiet in the arena. Everybody's sort of in shock. And then, um, you know, once both teams got going, then then it felt like a, you know, like a regular game again. But it took a little while. You guys kind of hugged the whole time tonight. Just go out there for you guys' gate tonight. Just kind of staying with them and staying with them all night. What was the key? I'm sorry, sir. You guys were able to kind of stay with them for almost the game. And what was the key for that? I thought we played well. Um, I thought we took care of the ball. I think we only had 14 turnovers. Um, Moved it well, 29 assists. Thought uh, D'Angelo and Draymond worked really well together. Marquise uh, played a good game. Made some defensive mistakes in the first half that we um, cleaned up in the second half, and uh, our young guys did a good job. So, you know, this is—it's uh, all relative. Everything this year is uh, our success is relative to where we are as a as an organization. And uh, tonight was, um, I thought, a productive night for us. We played well against a great team, and their building hung in there. Didn't get the win, but um, got better as a team. When you see the young guys like that uh, coming together and playing hard like that and trying to build something, how encouraging for a staff to see that? Well, that's the that's the idea. You know, the, the season has to stand for something. Um, we're obviously not going to the playoffs. We're not fighting for. A, um, any championships or division titles or anything like that. So it, it has to be about improvement, um, season-long improvement individually for the young guys and uh, collectively for the group. And, um, you know, we've, we've had our slip-ups. Um, we've had some nights where it's been very frustrating. But I think all in all, um, can't argue with the overall effort these guys have given um, all season long. Yeah, I mean, Eric was really frustrated. This is our only trip to Philadelphia. He played, um, obviously, at Villanova and um, wanted to, to do well, and he got three fouls in about four minutes in the first half, something that's uh, been plaguing him all season. He's just got to learn uh, the nuances of the game and understand what they're going to call, what they're going to let him get away with, and, um, and then probably earn the respect of the officials as well. I think next year he'll be in a better position. Steve Kerr saying they cleaned up some uh, defensive issues they had in the first half. Overall, he seemed very pleased with the Warrior effort. More importantly, very satisfied with the way the Warriors and the Sixers chose to um, give tribute to uh, Kobe Bryant tonight. Yeah, I, I thought that was uh, appropriate, the way that was all handled. Let me oh, ask that was you, great. Uh, for sure. Let me ask you this, Whitey. Yeah. Do you need a little more aggravation from Steve Kerr or are, are you he's got a pretty good idea of where they're at and more importantly where they hope to be when they get their players back so he's not putting as much stock into this I just feel like at times there's a little bit of resign to your fate and I, I'm not an advocate of flipping the spread I know you can only do that kind of stuff so often you know with the emotionally charged uh you know tirades but 
Sometimes, I don't know, I'd like to hear him a little more pissed off. Yeah, I gave up on that. I understand exactly what you're saying, and I've made that point myself, and it's just not going to happen. And I think it's because he realizes they're so short-handed this year that there's nothing to be gained by calling out his team. I'm sure in practice he gets after him about this or that, especially defensively. But that what you are looking for, I I, I think it's obvious it's not going to happen because I've been waiting to hear that for a while, and I that's my only explanation. He looks at yeah. his team and says they're they're doing it. They're playing as hard as they can. Right. We're so shorthanded. We some of these games we don't really have a chance to do anything more than what we're already accomplishing. What, with all the injuries and lineup changes, yeah. uh, and, and that's the thing. When there have been changes, when they've gotten key guys back into the lineup, or you know, like you, you know, Willie Cauley Stein now off to Dallas, they haven't done very well in those situations. Even like when you think. Oh, you know, they, they've been playing as well as can be expected the last handful of games. Then you get player X back. You get Draymond back or you get D'Angelo back. And you think, oh, okay, so this is going to be a step right. To that. right. Yeah. And they, 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 there's a step back instead of a step forward. And, I, I again, I, I understand the perspective, right? you got to have the bar set to, to its proper level right now when you're talking about expectations. But, boy, it, it, I just sometimes I just like a little more – Steve Kerr being perturbed. You know, you also have to choose your spots with that. In baseball, yeah. for example, when a manager decides to have a team meeting, the smart managers will have that right before they're playing a dog team because he knows they're going to win, most likely, and it looks like it worked. Steve Kerr right now, <laughs> he's looking at the schedule, and the schedule gets pretty tough here. Yeah. And they're just starting this long East Coast road trip. And, you know, you start complaining now about how the team's not playing well and this guy needs to do that, and then you start keep losing make for games. Some long nights. Everybody looks bad. Right. You make yourself look bad. Yeah, it could make for some long nights. And, and speaking of what they got coming up, uh, at Boston yeah. Thursday, at Cleveland Saturday, at Washington, and then at Brooklyn. So, yeah, you're right. They're going to be out on the road for a while. Uh, I guess keep things as harmonious as possible. Yeah, Ryan Covey, Whitey Gleason here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Have an NBA Who Am I for you, okay? Throw your question out here. Got the answer on the other side. Kobe Bryant, the great Kobe, scored more points against the Warriors than he scored against any other team, 1,812. So I am the active player who has scored more points against the Warriors than any other active player. I am the active player who has scored more points against the Warriors I've got a guess. than any other active player. Hang on to that answer. I will. NBA, who am I? <laughs> the answer is coming up on Warriors Wrap 95-7 the game. Now, back to Warriors Wrap Up on 95-7 the game. Whitey Gleason and Ryan Covey welcoming you to Warriors Wrap. Hey, the Warriors tonight falling to the Philadelphia 76ers, 115-104. What a strange, as Steve Kerr said, a surreal night in Philadelphia. The first game played in Philadelphia since Kobe Bryant perished Sunday in Kobe's hometown. The Warriors against Philadelphia 76ers. I thought it was especially poignant the fact that they decided not to have the starting lineups introduced tonight. Yeah, I, I thought that was cool. Absolutely. And look, th- that was a new wrinkle, I think. I don't think anyone else has done that to this point. Right. And obviously with Kobe being from uh, Lower Marion uh, High School in, in Philly, um, I know there's the, uh, what is it, the Bryant Center um, out there in Philly. I saw there was a, uh, a, you know, there was a vigil out there for Kobe as well. A lot of fans just want to feel close to him right now, and I totally get that. Yeah, Kobe Bryant scored more points against the Warriors than any other team. 
We gave you the NBA Who Am I. I am the active player who has scored more points against the Warriors than any other active player. Now, it would be Kevin Durant, but you may not consider him active because right now he's not active. He's still playing. So if you if you don't consider Kevin Durant active, then you got to go. And you were very close on this. Yeah, well, Guy's I, been around a long time. Yeah, I said James Harden. He just it, recently moved into 18th place on the all-time scoring list. Uh, Carmelo it, Anthony. It's Melo, really? Yeah, I would have been here all night with that one. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that for sure. Uh, and you know what's funny? Like, obviously, Carmelo is definitely back in the NBA. That's right. We hear oh, about yeah. it every night. Uh, but I would you got you you, you, uh, you take issue with some of the Carmelo ah, fanfare this year? I, I mean, I get it. You won a natty at Syracuse damn near 20 years ago. I get it. <laughs> I just, the, the Carmelo thing to me is. When <laughs> the Blazers decided to bring him back, uh, what was that, November, if I'm not mistaken, I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, is that how desperate they are? Right. But yet you could see how, yeah, he might actually help them. And he has. He's not the Carmelo of old, but he actually has helped them. I don't know if they're going to uh, rally and find their way to the postseason. That's a really flawed roster. Right. But I, I've i never been a Carmelo fan, but I, I think it's pretty impressive what he's done this year. For sure. Uh, yeah, the, the Nurkic injury really has, has hurt yeah. them profoundly. Uh, and you talk about a team that just isn't committed to playing any defense. I mean, that's – and then Carmelo Anthony's going to be the, uh, you know, the, the, the Band-Aid? Oh, okay. All right. Sixers over the Warriors tonight, 115-104. We were talking about potential Warrior trades down the road, and when you do that, Ben Simmons' name comes up. And you were questioning how much Ben Simmons would actually contribute to the Warriors. It's very interesting because according to published reports, there are some within uh, the Warriors' inner circle who are suggesting Ben Simmons and Draymond, you'd have uh, some duplication there. Yeah, and Ben's... Defensive players who don't shoot the ball right. real well, distributors. It's asking a lot of Clay and Steph. If Clay and Steph have a bad night, you're in trouble. That's just... I, I think... Clay does enough defending on the perimeter for me. Draymond can control the paint uh, and, you know, the block. I, I would just rather have a guy. I want them ha- a scoring big. That's what I think that this team desperately needs. Draymond isn't going to change his spots. And even a guy that, you know, could, like Carl Anthony Towns, who's willing to go out and, you know, out beyond the arc or even down in the corner and, and shoot uh, from outside a little bit. I, I'm not opposed to that. Uh, I think that's kind of how this offense rolls. And, and when they were at their best, though, Whitey, like when the Warriors were at their very best, Andrew Bogut was a big part of that offense. And having a, a passing big, somebody like that, I think Absolutely. this offense has been desperately He was a real facilitator. That. It's yeah, a very unique player. It is. And I think somebody along that ilk, uh, and maybe even a little more offensively skilled, because let's face it, at this point, Clay and Steph are a little older, a little more, uh, a few more miles on the odometer. So maybe somebody a little younger, like Carl Anthony Towns. You know what? I'm actually cooling a little bit on Carl Anthony Towns. I know that uh, according to what we read in here, he may not be available anyway. Minnesota say, nah, we want to keep him. And if we get Russell, we want to pair them together. But even if they don't, I'm cooling on Carl Anthony Towns. Minnesota actually defended much better when he was out. And look what happened to them last night. And that's not all his fault. And he had a nice game. But they blew, what, a 17-point lead with a minute and a half left or yeah. something like that? That's obscene. Yeah, how do you do that? Well, there's that's why it's time for a change in Minnesota. And I think Carl Anthony Towns, he's got potential for me to be you know, top five player in the league. Like, that's how good this dude is. He's a walking 20 and 15, at, you know. At I need you to night. get it done at both ends of the floor, sir, if you're going to be uh, working That's why you got to come on Looney and Draymond Green, right? 
Boy, Kevon Looney, that's scary. I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah. Hopefully he'll be back soon. I'm not even sure they know when he's going to be back. Uh, Draymond Green tonight with a heavy heart. Obviously, he's had some really poignant things to say about Kobe the last uh, couple of days. Tonight, Draymond Green had, well, he nearly had a triple-double, nine points for Draymond. He also had 12 assists and nine rebounds. We have some brief Draymond comments after the Sixers beat the Warriors tonight, 115-104. No, I was nowhere near that helicopter, but I know how he went out. Probably squeezing his daughter's I'm telling her everything is going to be okay. And that crushes me because I understand it from just being a father. And then you think about his three girls and his wife. There's no one there to tell them that it's okay. And that's why it kind of crushes me. Draymond Green post game tonight to talk about Kobe and his daughter, of course. And uh, I'm just wondering here, threw this out earlier, 888 957 9570. Wondering if watching basketball has helped you as a basketball fan deal with the shock, the sadness that you felt over Kobe's passing. I think it's helped me. Steve Kerr talked about how once we got through the warm-ups and we started playing, it felt like a regular game. But obviously you hear what Draymond had to say after the game. Uh, this is a, a fog that's going to hang over the NBA for a long time. Yeah, and it's tragic enough losing Kobe Bryant at 41 years old, but the whole situation just sucks. And, you know, think about his wife and, you know, his, his remaining daughters and what they're going through right now. And I mean, I think we've all entertained the idea of how it would be uh, to be in that situation. And I mean, of course, you know, he, Kobe, if they, if they knew that that chopper was doomed and, and there was a time, you know, cause we don't know exactly how it went down yet. Obviously the conditions were very foggy. So you don't know if it was over quick or, they knew they were going down, uh, and I realize it's kind of a macabre thing to be speculating about, but uh, whatever it was, his concern was his daughter, and you know that. And so at least she didn't have to face that by herself. Me personally, I find I'm not the least bit interested in the details. Of what I. I, and I know a lot of people aren't. I understand that's news. You, a lot of people want to know, well, what? how did this happen and I'm just not interested. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, there's no black box. We're never really going to know. Uh, and it ain't going to change a damn thing. Yeah. So 115-104, Warriors falling tonight. They fall to 10-38. and 38. One of the bright spots for the Warriors this year, relatively speaking, of course, has been the play of rookies Eric Paschal and at times Jordan Poole. I think Eric Paschal has been the brightest spot of this whole year. Neither played especially well tonight. Eric Paschal in 11 minutes. Uh, four points, two of six from the floor. Uh, Jordan Poole, 15 minutes. He was one of five floor, one of four beyond the arc. And that just, to me, shows that Jordan Poole, I know he had a nice little stretch a couple of games ago, but he's still got a lot of work to do. It's just not fair to ask Jordan Poole to play meaningful minutes in NBA games right now. That's not where he is. Jordan Poole belongs in the G League. But he's a first-round pick. I get it, but I've seen him play. I don't care where they drafted him. I've seen him play. I've seen where his skill level is right now. I've seen where his comfort level is on an NBA floor. It's not happening. So you want to get the best out of Jordan Poole and try and actually develop this guy? He needs to be in the G League. Now, I get it. Situation, circumstances are beyond their control. They need Jordan Poole to wear a Warriors jersey so they can fill out that roster right now. I totally understand that. But you're not doing him any benefits for his long-term development by having him play. Far from it, you're crushing his confidence. It's kind of like... 
when a, a team in the NFL is a little too uh, too quick to put in a, a rookie quarterback and goes out there and gets crushed and gets his confidence crushed. Now, this isn't just an overzealous head coach saying, well, I got to see what the, the first-round draft pick looks like at the quarterback position. I get it. This is a different circumstance. In the Golden State Warriors, if they had their druthers, this kid would be playing in Santa Cruz now. Because when he was playing in Santa Cruz – he was playing pretty well. But don't you think you run the risk of crushing his confidence further if you send him down again? I mean, he was up. He was forced into some minutes that they didn't want to give him. They sent him down. He played very well. They brought him up. He had some shining moments. If you send him back down again, I, I, you could undermine his confidence even further. I realize, you know, who knows? We, we You'd have to know him and what the team has told him and, and how he's coming along, how he's shooting the ball in practice. I had a chance to see him shooting the ball last week uh, early one day before a game, and I could see even then, uh, okay, still looks a little spotty. He, I think, struggles with the distance of the NBA 3, but if you send him down again, I mean, couldn't that alone bruise his confidence even further? Look, Very what? delicate situation. Yeah, and, I mean, I'll just keep it real. I was never over the moon about this pick to begin oh, with. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. Yeah. Here goes Ryan Covey. <laughs> I saw this coming a mile away, Whitey. No, I... I it's never fair to hold against players where they get drafted, okay? Uh, so I, I'm not a big believer in that. But I, I just I've never felt like Jordan Poole was that great of a college prospect and in that uh, high level of a talent. I just I don't think that much of his game. Now uh, to continually get him, you know, barbecued at the NBA level right now isn't doing him any favors. I don't feel like I understand. There's it's a rock and a hard place situation. Uh, I, I think this is just kind of kind of go down as not a great draft pick. Now, thankfully, you got Eric Pascal out of this. I think Pascal, he's got an NBA body. I think you know he keeps getting into foul trouble. He's still got to you know move his feet a little more and uh, not reaching quite so much. Not le- you know he, he, early in the year it seemed like he was pretty good at not leaving his feet. Uh, but there's a little bit of frustration there, and you saw him get in the the quick foul trouble tonight. Yeah, five fouls tonight, and this had to be a, especially emotional for him, a Villanova guy. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And that, but I think a lot of times when, you know, you hit that rookie wall, we see this guy start to press a little bit and maybe try and do too much, and that's never good. you got to stay within your skill set. All right, so the trade deadline is coming up. What should the Warriors do with a couple of gentlemen currently on their roster? That's coming up. Ryan Covey, Whitey Gleason, and Call of the Game is coming up on Warriors Wrap-Up, 95-7 the game. Warriors Wrap-Up continues on 95.7 The Game. Warriors Wrap-Up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Whitey Gleason and Ryan Covey with you. And tonight, the Warriors knocked off by the Philadelphia 76ers, 115-104. to We have the call of the game coming right up. Before we get to that, Ryan, we have so much to get to. So much to get to. Need to ask you what you think of the deadline and Glenn Robinson the third. And Alec Burks. But first, I wanted to see what you thought of this. Of course, the basketball world will be mourning Kobe Bryant for a long time. We'll be talking about Kobe uh, forever. But what do you think of this notion from Bismack Biombo? He says, Kobe should be the NBA's new logo. Quote, I think you want to see that. Yeah, I, I saw a rendition on uh, on Yahoo Sports of what it might look like. Kobe hitting that step back on one leg. Um, that, that's the one that I've seen on Yahoo. <sighs> Look, I'm all for remembering Kobe and, and paying tribute. The NBA logo is so iconic, and 
I, I don't necessarily advocate changing it. Um, it's one of those things, if it ain't broken, don't break it. I think how you honor Kobe Bryant, this is a, a great way to honor him. Just retire number eight. Retire the For number, everybody? For everybody. I know the Mavs are retiring 24. Retire, you know, retire 24. What? I mean, it's tough because I know he rocked two numbers. To me, his first number was eight, and I know yeah. the Lakers retired both of them. I'd retire the number eight. We've seen some guys, Spencer Dinwiddie and Terrence Ross, already not rock the number eight. Um, I know some other guys are, are, are in the process of doing that as well. I, I think I might go that route. I, I just retire number eight uh, across the NBA. If you want to take it to the next level, retire eight and 24. But I, I know that then all of a sudden you, you get playing a run kind of out a of numbers. That, yeah, you're playing a dangerous game at that point. But and it's the NBA. There's only 15 guys. It's not like the NFL when you retire a number or something or, you know, the even the NHL. I mean, there's, what, 16 guys? So... Obviously, there are a lot of people that would have a lot of uh, strong opinions on this. If there's a consensus and there's a movement to change the logo to to make it Kobe, I'd be okay with that. Now, of course, Jerry West, the logo is Jerry West, but at the time, they didn't even tell Jerry West that he was the logo. Yeah, that's that story. Some artist said, yeah, there's a picture. Jerry West would probably be fine with it. Jerry West would probably encourage it. Yeah. It, it, Jerry West was, I mean, Kobe was like a son to him. For sure. And I, I think it, I think that's kind of maybe where you start then. Like, ask Jerry West how he feels about ask it. If him. He's, if he's adamant that he would like it changed to Kobe, fair enough. And, you know, who am I to say? It, it wouldn't affect me one way or another. I, I just, I, lo- I think the NBA logo is iconic. I, I love the NBA logo. So, personally, I wouldn't change it. But, again, I, I couldn't throw shade if they did. I understand that. You want to pay tribute to this guy. He he's an icon, a legend, taken way before his time. And yeah, things can always go for freshening up. I just too often we always feel the need to change everything. And it's like, so if you're changing it, are you are you making it better? And I know it's it's just a damn logo, so really it doesn't matter. But that's why I think to retire the number eight would be more meaningful. Nobody's rocking eight again. Sure. I think if someone like LeBron were to become an advocate for this, I think it might happen. This sure. is Mike Biombo. It's probably not going to happen. It's a wonderful thought. It's interesting. Thank you for bringing it to our attention. But if LeBron got behind this, I think it would have a chance of happening. What about retiring number eight? You, you like that idea at all or no? Sound like you're a little lukewarm on it. I'm lukewarm only because with Kobe, it's the two numbers and which one do you retire? And yeah. Yeah. We were That's eight why. first. Hell, retire them both. Are you ready for the call of what? the game? Righty, I've been here since, what, 4 o'clock? I could not wait for the call of the game. I've literally just tick, tick, tick. Let's do it. All right, we got it coming up for you here. Um, are we ready for the call of the game? Okay, we are ready for the call of the game, which is brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile, the best deal in wireless. Here is tonight's call of the game. It's time for the call of the game. Horford high low to Harris, blocked by Draymond. He said, not on my watch. There you go. You know that tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning, about 9.30, if you can uh, correctly identify the call of the game, you can win a $50 gift certificate to Schroeder's Restaurant. And then if whoever is chosen doesn't get it right, $50 carries over. So guess what it is the next time? 100 bucks. $100. Roll it over, baby. Yeah. So we grab your over. $50 Schroeder's Restaurant certificate tomorrow. Be listening to Joe Lowe and Dibs tomorrow morning. Good luck. I'm with that. And by the way, that was one of three blocks for Draymond tonight. He was a rebound and a point. Shy of a triple-double. Still can't shoot the three ball to save his life, but 
How are you uh, with the way Draymond's played this season and, and the way that he's carried himself? Obviously, much different role that Draymond's had to take on this year. And I haven't seen him flashing on anybody. And whatever goes on in practice, I'm cool with that. Like, if guys need to be, you know, aired out, whatever, if you're not doing things the way that is expected around here, fair enough. Just don't do it in public right now because that ain't going to help a damn thing. And I think Draymond's actually uh, – he's behaved in a, a, a very professional manner this year. Let me give you two opposing views, then I'll give you mine. First, we have on the text line here, 95795, Greg in San Francisco. Thank you, Greg, for putting your name on it. So I think he heard his uh, praising uh, Draymond tonight. He says, LOL, Draymond had a great game, laying bricks, routine pass, hockey assists, etc. The ultimate difference maker, that makes no difference. That's Greg in San Francisco. On the other hand, I was watching the game tonight, as, as you know, we all were, watching with uh, your partner, Joe Shaskin. He said he feels that he has gained more respect for Draymond this year than he had in any year previous, even when Draymond was helping the Warriors win championships because of all he's had to endure this year and because of the, the mentorship role that he's had to assume. For me, this year has been really tough on uh, Draymond, and there have been nights when he's there. There have been nights when he hasn't been all there. Physically, there are nights when he hasn't been fully engaged, in my opinion, and I think it's just because he looks around and goes, what in the world is this? Right. I think it's been very tough. Sure. and I just hope that he's healthy. I hope he takes this opportunity to get healthy because I think physically, even though he didn't have the broken hand like Steph or the torn uh, knee ligament like Clay, I think he paid more of a physical price than either of those two guys over the last seven years. Absolutely. I mean, he's been – Guarding guys that are, you know, six inches taller than him on a routine basis. Guys that are just bigger and more physical and more athletic. So, uh, and he's gotten more out of that body than I think anybody could have ever imagined uh, when he arrived here with the Warriors. Will the Golden State Warriors rue the day that they gave Draymond Green that contract extension, Whitey? I don't think they will. I'm going to say no. I think they're going to load up this offseason, and I think he's going to be a big part of whatever they're able to accomplish next year. I really do. He's still just so smart defensively on top of his physical skills. And, we, you know, end-to-end, uh, he's got a great – he's got great court vision. Absolutely. And, yeah. Um, he can take it coast-to-coast uh, coast like few can, a great pass or two. Do you dare trade that pick? The number one, you know, the first round pick that the Warriors are. Yes, absolutely. Because I don't think that that guy is going to be there this year. And I could be wrong. Who knows? Nobody knows. But Wiseman, Lamelo, we'll give you the pick and we'll give you uh, D'Angelo Russell. Or maybe for your boy, Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. I I just, it's a rare opportunity that a a team with this much star power. Or Embiid will trade. How about that? We we have a conversation there. Welcome to the block party. I'm taking that call right there. Uh, But it's rare that a team with this much veteran talent, Hall of Fame caliber talent, has the opportunity to draft this high in a draft. I'm just saying, you you, you could be missing a golden opportunity to add a young star player. And I get it. This, This is a bad year to have a pick that high in the draft. But... I just, when are the Golden State Warriors at, with this level of talent on this roster going to have this opportunity again? Sixers over the Warriors tonight, 115 to 104. Thank you for listening to Warriors Wrap Up. The Butcher Shop is next on 95.7 awesome. The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.